Welcome back, my friends, to the season that is coming to an end. Laszlo Montgomery here with the Chinese Sayings Podcast, Season 7 Closer. That was a quick 20 weeks, if you ask me. And to finish things off, I bring you an old Chinese saying that has multiple variations of a story that essentially involves a jin guo, or a headscarf, and not just any headscarf. You recall, perhaps, the Yellow Turban and Red Turban rebellions of the Eastern Han and Yuan dynasties? Well, the rebels wore these colored headscarves, or turbans, to identify themselves and from which their movement is remembered by. And from the same general time period of the Yellow Turban Rebellion of 184 to 205 AD comes this story behind the Jin Guo Yingxiong, a jin itself is a headscarf or towel or any kind of piece of cloth that could be worn by a man or a woman. And a guo is also a scarf, and the two characters together, jin guo, are used to describe a woman's headdress or silk scarf. And a yingxiong is a hero, or heroine in this case. So these four characters, jin guo yingxiong, comprise two words that literally mean Silk Scarf Hero. Now, let's get to the story, which comes to us courtesy of the Book of Jin, one of the 24 official histories of the dynasties, this one compiled by Tang Dynasty historians who covered the years from around 170 AD in the Eastern Han to the fall of the Eastern Jin and founding of the Liu Song in 420. And we have not one, but two China History A-listers headlining this tale. These are Zhuge Liang and Sima Yi. Zhuge Liang, of course, the great military strategist and chancellor of the Shu Kingdom in China's southwest, and Sima Yi, grandfather to Jing Dynasty founder Sima Yan. Sima Yi was Cao Cao's chancellor and go-to military leader for the Wei State. During the Three Kingdoms period in the early 230s, Zhuge Liang once led a Shu army right up to the borders of the Kingdom of Wei. However, their advance was halted by a strong fortified Wei encampment at Weinan, an ancient city in modern-day Shanxi and birthplace of Xichongxun. That counts for something. And this fortified encampment was commanded by the Wei general Sima Yi. Now, try as he might, there was no way for Zhuge Liang's army to advance further into Wei unless they were able to get past Sima Yi's army first. However, the military advantages in this standoff were squarely on the side of Sima Yi. The Wei encampment was so well defended and supplied that, if they wanted to, they could comfortably survive the siege for months to come. And the invading Shu army, this far north, was far from their Sichuan home and camped out within enemy territory. It had already been a huge drain on Shu's time, manpower, and money to get their forces this far, and it would have been a pity for them to turn tail and head back to Shu now. Therefore, Zhuge Liang's goal was to break the siege on Weinan quickly before morale and supplies ran out. And to do this, Zhuge Liang sent his soldiers multiple times a day to taunt Sima Yi. The Shu soldiers would hurl the most degrading insults and humiliating taunts imaginable at the Wei encampment. 
But Sima Yi kept the Wei forces at bay and refused to let them engage the Shu army. Well, almost at wit's end, Zhuge Liang came up with one final plan. He sent a Shu delegation to the Wei encampment with a gift for Sima Yi. And when Sima Yi opened the large, richly wrapped package, out tumbled a cascade of women's hair ornaments and silken headscarves, or Jingguo. Zhuge Liang's intention was to scoff at their cowardice and imply that their soldiers were no better than a bunch of women who, well, back then, usually didn't enlist in the military. Of all Zhuge Liang's ploys, this was the one that came the closest to working. Sima Yi and his forces were absolutely furious at this insult. However, at the very last moment, Sima Yi reflected that, well, no matter how brazen a taunt Zhuge Liang had sent, it would be unspeakably rash to engage the Shu forces in the open when the Wei army was so advantageously protected in their encampment. So swallowing his anger, he once again gave orders that the Wei army was to remain in place. In some versions of this story, Sima Yi even put on the silk scarf and hair ornaments sent to him by Zhuge Liang and paraded in front of the Shu messengers, dressed in women's clothing, to show that he was not bothered by Zhuge Liang's insinuation. Either way, Sima Yi's refusal to allow a taunt to his masculinity to lure him into rash action saved the Wei army on that occasion. And not that long afterwards, in 234, Zhuge Liang passed away after five unsuccessful tries to take down the state of Wei. And later, the phrase silk scarf or jin guo became an honorific reserved for women and the term Jin Guo Yingxiong, or Silk Scarf Hero, became widely used to refer to those women who displayed no less bravery and military aptitude than their male counterparts. A few famous Silk Scarf Heroes from Chinese history and literature included Empress Wu Zetian, the Shang Dynasty general, priestess, and queen consort Lady Fu Hao, the legendary woman warrior Mulan, and the revolutionary and feminist great from the late 19th, early 20th century, Chiu Jin, all were considered Jin Guo Yingxiong. So you could describe any heroic or brave or strong woman who stands up and doesn't take any you-know-what from anyone. A Jin Guo Yingxiong need not be brave in battle. It could be used for... Any female who stands up for herself or who overcomes any obstacles in her way and shows courage and steely determination in everything she does, especially in the face of adversity or discrimination, no matter defending her nation, her community, her family, or herself. A woman who doesn't crack under pressure and achieves in the face of adversity, that's a Jin Guo Yingxiong. There's no shortage of stories of women heroes in China associated with the Chengyu Jin Guo Yingxiong. In modern times, Jin Guo Yingxiong can also refer to women who have made outstanding contributions in various fields, such as science, politics, sports, or the arts. The term is often used as a way to recognize and celebrate the achievements of women and to inspire others to follow in their footsteps. And that is going to be it. 
As I mentioned in the last CSP episode, Emma will be stepping in to present one more bonus episode for all you Chengyu lovers around the world. That's coming up soon. Of course, my Patreon and CHP Premium supporters have all heard this one already weeks ago. But for all of you who've been wondering, does Emma really exist or is she like Dan Carlin's Ben, who we never hear from, but take Dan's word for it that he exists? Well... Emma's real, and if you come back next time, you'll get to hear her present one heck of a great Chengyu that you could use all the time, especially all of you daydream believers out there. Okay, enough of this titter-tatter. As I do every time at the end of each CSP season, I'm going to take a bit of a break, and you can rest assured I'll be back with more fabulous and useful Chinese sayings. And so many of you over the years have told me you've been able to convey the essence of your entire point or message, using just a few of these sayings that you've picked up from listening to this program. Really, why ramble on and on about something when four Chinese characters will say the same thing for you? Okay, Emma, over in Beijing or Shanghai, I'll have to check her IG account to see where she is these days. A job well done once again. I have two words for Emma. Season 8. Okay, my deepest thanks, as always. This here's Laszlo Montgomery signing off from Jiazhou Luoshanji, thanking you once more with feeling and cordially inviting you to come back next time for another exciting episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.